1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: It's time to make that big decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And what else is better face to do than your city? Yeah. Oh.
1: The power of home represents something. The DMV, like, you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it.
0: That thing we talk about, Marilyn pride, is And the way we're going to play with Marilyn pride. He's gonna go! Touchdown,
1: Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it off. And he got it! And the
2: Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh, Stevie Francis, showtime, what a play by bias,
1: holy cow, Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State, Maryland pulls off the upset, they have defeated number one and the celebration is on, and the kids have done it, Maryland wins their first ever national championship, Holding up
2: Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the celebration. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! go, Be
1: not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts.
3: You're listening to IMS
1: Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France.
2: What a week we've had here at Maryland. We have an actual game to talk about, a victory, a commit, and we've got an amazing guest to talk to about all of it. Tarheeb Still, he's been with the team. This is his fourth year. He's been a starter all four years. Very rare in college football and college sports in general, really. Four-year starter. He's been played in something like 31 games and started most of them. I think there were a couple when he had the injury last – was it last year or two years ago he had the injury and he was kind of half-playing. But four-year starter, Tarheem still awesome Terp, very glad to have him. And, Paul, we had an awesome time last week at the tailgate, did we not, at the game?
1: Of course, man. I, I miss it every year. It's good to see everybody again. Uh, thanks again. Big ups to uh, Don and Laura Sheeler for uh, inviting us on up to the to the Sweet Life. Uh, that was nice. Always love to catch up with them. And uh, yeah, so, every, the every yeah. Don's Don's the man. No, there are no better Terps in the world than Don and Laura. Um, and yeah, man, it was just just a really good old time. Like I know people are a little, you know. Concerned about the scoreline, and we'll get in that a little bit. But I mean, I mean, Locks played like ninety percent. He wasn't
2: trying interest. to. Yeah, they could have won by fifty if they wanted to.
1: Yeah, he it wasn't was pretty, trying to. Pretty clear, you know, up twenty-one, nothing in the first quarter. You know, I yeah, think, pretty clear. He took he took his foot off the gas, and and they ran some pretty vanilla stuff early on. So, like, it's all so good, man.
2: In in that suite. Were some other people who will go unnamed. And let me just say, <laughs> there were some things said in the suite that were very interesting. Paul, would you like to get into any of that? Or is that just between us?
1: Oh, man, what happens in the suite stays in the suite. You know what I mean, <laughs> like, we just got to, you know, you don't get invited back to the suite. You start talking like that. So,
3: yeah, that's a good point.
1: But, yeah, it's always nice to roam around Ticer and you run into some interesting people that you haven't seen in a while. And, you know, everybody's, everybody's got some, some thoughts to share, some, some scoops, some, uh, some fun stuff. So, yeah, it was a good time.
2: It was good. Before the game, I started off over by what past lot one over by the church lot. Yeah,
1: you made I, the whole traverse. I did like, all the way across, right?
2: Well, I don't have season tickets because I still can't. I know I'm the empty nester, I still can't go to every game. Yeah. I can go to about three. And so then I just buy each week, you know, with depending on the games that I can go to. But I parked in the church lot. I started off at Ben Page's tailgate, which is the old line tailgate, which again I'm giving giving the publicity to because it's awesome. If you aren't sure where to go, how you want to tailgate, what you want to do with the Maryland game, go to the old line tailgate. It's the end of lot one uh, close to the what side is at the West side of camp Western side of the lot. And they do an amazing job. It's 25 bucks. I think for an adult, all you can eat with great. They got great grillers there. They're grilling sausages and burgers and everything. All you can drink old line. Awesome. Then I walked all the way to the other side over to your tailgate and sweat my ass off <laughs> because I wanted to go to, and this is a public service announcement, I wanted to go to the team store in Xfinity as well and buy some new stuff, which I did. See? Everything I have is a little old. This one's new. But public service announcement, it's no longer there in Xfinity. It's gone. What? What? It's gone. The team store in Xfinity was not there. And it's wow. not even that it was closed. Literally, all the stuff was taken out, and there was a sign saying that they had moved to oh. this to the student union, which that was already there. So really I think they just closed it. Maybe. I can't
1: believe that they will not have a team store when basketball no. season comes around. Like maybe they're mo- you know what? And maybe they're gonna move it somewhere, you know, once the basketball programs move out. Maybe they're just kind of.
2: Maybe, I don't it. know, but I'm just saying that's yeah. what happened to it's me. It's weird, right? <laughs> so then yeah, I yeah. walked from your tailgate to the union, then all the way back. Yeah. And I was like, oh.
1: To buy a sweatshirt when it's like 100 degrees out, you
2: know. Well, I bought I bought a t-shirt too, <laughs> and I bought some other stuff. I just wanted to get some new gear. Hadn't had any well.
1: Yeah. But, you
3: know, yeah. again. Yeah, if was going
2: to say something, I cut you off. Sorry. Uh, no, I'm just
3: yeah. Paul's right. They, you have to have a team store in the in the basketball arena, but the one they had was kind of wasn't the best location ever. But that's that's really weird. That's unusual.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm guessing they're trying to trying to workshop a better solution for that. Uh, but yeah, I imagine that was a little bit off putting.
2: Uh, well, you know, I just thought it was there, but you know, it was good to see you guys anyway. And I got grabbed the piece of Lido Pizza that you had there, so that was cool.
1: Yeah, there are worse things, right? We
2: always love the Lido Pizza.
1: Yep, yep. Respect to Lido.
2: Of course, they won, and you alluded to it—the score not being what some people wanted. They didn't cover, but I, like I said, I maintain he played as many people as he could. He intentionally was trying not to embarrass his alma mater. I, I don't. I don't put much stock in that. I, 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 There are things you can say about Loxley. In this case, I give the benefit of the doubt. I don't think it's a big deal.
3: No, yeah. no. and I mean, you took Talia out at the end of the third quarter. Yeah. They had a handful of drops. If they don't have that many drops, you probably score two more touchdowns. There's definitely some area of, of concern that we'll get to. I guess we got Tarheav in five minutes. We can get to that after. But, you know, offensive line, obviously – broken record there I guess we were right during the offseason all the concerns expressed about that I mean there, there's issues there but um, I agree I mean I, yeah, it doesn't mean anything and they should do the same thing to Charlotte this weekend although you know they're going to come in this is a Super Bowl for them this is like a program building Super Bowl homecoming ever you name it for them so it'll be interesting they'll, they'll play hard but on the flip side Maryland knows that this is all of those things for them, so they should be they should not be susceptible to overlooking them.
2: Well, those relationships go both ways. The Charlotte players and coach have the relationship with, but Maryland has a relationship with them too. So that's true, but it's a much more valuable win for them. You know that would be. Pri-
3: I have no idea what Charlotte football's biggest win ever is, but you know it'd be one of them, I'm sure. So, it would be. You know, yeah, I mean, Maryland. This- it's just another win. You know.
1: This is that kind of no win situation, right? Like, you know, if you win, it's, you know, you're supposed to beat them anyway. And if you lose, you know, it kind of breaks you. So, I mean, I don't think they're really in any danger of losing. And I think you'd like to see a better performance overall. And I imagine if you're Loxley, if I'm Loxley, I'm looking at this schedule thinking, okay, look, you've got, you've got like a four game runway here, right? You know, the first game you play, everybody, you get kids experience, everybody starts feeling good about themselves. And with Charlotte to Virginia, and then you finally go to East Lansing in week four, you know, you're probably playing a few less players, trying to get a few more guys, a little more consistent, figure out exactly who your starters are going to be, especially on the lines where there's clearly been competition. And kind of with each week, you hopefully would have less guys on the participation chart. Little more consistency with starting lineups. I mean, this week they were they were subbing in offensive linemen in the middle of drives. Like you never never do shit like that. So yeah, I, I'm I'm just not concerned about it. If they if they beat Charlotte by a touchdown, I will be concerned. Um I don't think that's gonna happen. So I'm just gonna we're just gonna lay back. We know Maryland's always generally good in these types of games, they're good in September. And Lachie's trying to figure out who his guys are on the lines. And I'm, I'm happy to let him do that, even if it costs somebody their, you know, fans will bet for the week.
2: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, you wanted an update on my bets last week. Yeah, how'd you do? I went four for eight, but lost <sighs> money.
3: <sighs> I thought you were taking money line underdogs.
2: I was taking money line favorites.
1: Oh, no, no. that's no, no, no. Not week one, Larry.
3: Not Curry,
2: all of man. them. Not all of them. Not all of them. Okay. Some of man, them were week favorites. one, week
1: two are our, like upset city, man. That's when you that's when you take the long shots.
2: I did have a couple of those. Neither of them hit. Was Clemson Duke, one Duke one of them? Duke
1: was sitting right there.
2: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have Duke.
3: No, yeah. but Duke. look, I mean oh, what the- what you, I wonder what the money line on that was. That had to be like eight hundred or something. Five. To I, I don't know, but
2: if you're going to yeah. gamble, you're going to have losses. You, if you can't deal with that, then you shouldn't gamble, right? You're going to have weeks you win, games you win, games you lose, weeks you lose. That's yeah. part of it. The, ju- so. the
1: juice is there for a reason, right? You're going, you go, you go 50-50, fifty. You're still losing.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, you wanted the update. There it was. So
1: it was. It was a lovely weekend of college football. It really was. It was so nice to be back.
2: Five straight days. It was so great. Starting Thursday night, I was so excited. I even turned off the Orioles for a little bit to just watch on Thursday night. Even though it was shitty games. I was like, "Yes, college football." Yep. And all weekend, Friday night, Saturday, couldn't really watch because we're at the game, but. At the tailgates, people have the game on. People at Virginia, Tennessee. Speaking of which, Virginia looks
1: – Yeah, they're terrible. I'm,
2: I'm so, sorry for their loss. I'm, I know they're dealing with some stuff, yeah, but they look bad. terrible. And Tarheeb is joining us now, so let me let him in the room.
0: All right. Let's get it right from the source here.
2: Tarheeb, how you doing?
0: I'm doing good. How are you?
2: Good. Thank you for joining us.
0: No problem. No problem. Appreciate it.
2: Hey, very excited to have you on the show with us, especially after week one. Season's underway. Can't believe it after the long offseason. Off to a 1 0 start. Charlotte next week. How are you feeling about things right now?
0: Uh, feeling real good about things. Uh, playing Charlotte, you know, uh, there's a lot of guys that came from our team that's over there now. But uh, really just excited, excited for the opportunity to go out there and play. Uh, It's actually a night game, too. I'm really excited about that. So that should be fun.
3: Sorry, have you you guys talked much about how this is their Super Bowl, both in terms of getting a big name win and also how many of those guys, like you mentioned, are coming home and, you know, how important it is, obviously, not to not to overlook them?
0: Uh, Well, we've mentioned it. Uh, Obviously, this, this would be a big win for them. But also, uh, as you said, like the guys that came from our team that went there. But uh, also, we, we know that they're going to go out there and play hard. But we uh, just have to treat it as uh, every game is a big game for us as well. So we can't uh, think of them as any less of a team or anything like that. So uh, we know they're going to go out there and, and really try to get this win. And uh, we are, too. But we really got to be more focused and uh, just really go out there with the right preparation.
1: Eve, it's kind of crazy. You've been a four-year starter here. You're like the old man in the in the cornerback. <laughs> room, nice. So, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about what the plan is for you this year? Because you've been on the outside. You've been on the inside. What are they going to put you at the field or boundary this year and help those young guys grow? And then what do you feel about the rest of the cornerback room? Who should we be looking for to step up?
0: Uh, well, starting off, I'll say for me, really, it's just they're just going to find ways to move me all over the field. Uh, whether it's outside, inside, maybe a little safety—you uh, never know. But really, just uh, find ways to create matchups, uh, take away things that teams do, uh, and then with uh, the younger guys coming along, we have a lot of a lot of freshmen, a lot of younger guys who really are starting to pick up on it and learn fast. Uh, I say those guys are really competitive; they really uh, want to play hard. We got guys like Perry, uh, Lionel, Thavis Thomas. We got uh, we got a lot of guys like Corey Cole. He's not really a young guy, but he's a guy that that hasn't really. Uh, started a lot of games, but now he's uh, more, getting more into that role. Uh, so I think uh, the room will be in great hands for sure. Uh, there's a lot of young guys that are very competitive and uh, want to go out there and make plays.
2: Speaking with Tarheem, still six-one quarterback out of New Jersey, four-year starter at Maryland. Paul alluded to your four years at the school You've been with Loxley. Were you part of his first class, right? His first class. So everybody talks about him and you got recruited by him. Everybody talks about what a great recruiter he is, what a great guy he is. Do you have any examples of, of why that is the case? Like what drew you to him? Were there certain things he does, the way he relates to you, anything like that? Uh, well,
0: first, I would just say when the, the first day I met him, I, I can tell he was real serious about like football and about his business. But also he uh, he cares about his players. So uh, just a lot of things he told me in recruiting, uh, I would say every one of them came true. He told me I would get a chance to come in as a freshman and compete for a job to start. Uh, and he gave me the opportunity and I took advantage of it. And then really uh, the things he does here. So like we have the mentorship program where he puts everyone in a mentor. Uh, it's, just, it's just the little stuff. You, you can tell he really cares about you uh, as a player. And also as a person, and then I would say uh, the vision he had for this program uh, when he, throughout the recruiting when we sat down to talk, I knew this was something that I would want to be a part of and something that I want to build. Uh, so I feel like everything he's told me throughout recruiting uh, and even now, it all stands true. He's a man of his word.
3: Along similar lines, Tarheeb. So there's not many guys who have been on the field, key guys for both parts of this turnaround at the beginning. When things were still kind of down in the dumps, from what uh, Mike inherited, and now with the success you're having, so h- how different is the vibe and the general attitude? You know, kind of the winning attitude compared to what it was, you know, three years ago, and now kind of the expectation l- levels and just the personality of the program.
0: Uh, I would really just say, uh, Locks. He really just said he, he set a culture, uh, something that uh, the players like a player ran culture. I would say. Uh, he doesn't he, he tells us all the time that it's really our team. The coaches just manage it and they just oversee it. So uh, I think guys really take that serious now because you can't if, if your coach is the one yelling, if your coach is the one telling guys everything to do, then uh, I don't think your team will be that successful. You need uh, guys within the team to run the team and and really be on on guys, I would say. So he really just just built uh, a very strong culture for us. And then he also showed us. Uh, the right things we need to do to win. And I think guys are really taking that into account now and really seeing it. Now that we're never seeing more success uh year by year. And, and then now guys want to take that next step and uh and win those big games, those 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 big games that we all know about. So uh, I feel like he set the right culture in place and put the right players uh in, in leadership of uh roles. So I feel like uh yeah
1: so we didn't plan this out, but I'll build on that, too. So, you know, you're talking about that final step, right? You've been around a long time. You know what this is like to play in college you know, college football at a high level. So what do you feel like it's going to take to, to take that next level, for, you know, from, you know, getting to a bowl game to winning a couple of bowl games? And now it's like, all right, we're going to start knocking off the big dogs and fight for a championship. What do you think it's going to take to make that next step here?
0: Uh, well, first, I would just say, guys, uh, everyone on the team, knowing their job, knowing their role, and then doing their role the best of their ability, uh, not worrying about other guys' roles or whose roles bigger, smaller, things like that. I feel like everybody has a part to play, uh, even if you're you're just on special teams, not even playing in the offensive, defensive snaps. Uh, everybody has a role, and then uh, guys really understand their role and want to do that role to the best of their ability. That will lead to a lot of success. Success, and also I would just say, really, just going out there and having fun. Like, uh, Coach tells us, like, we, we build a bond. So you go out there with your brother and you're just having fun on Saturday playing football. Uh, I feel like you have to have fun, too. But also just knowing your job and then doing that job to the best of your ability.
2: Darheem, two of your brethren in the secondary got drafted last year. Obviously, that's the goal for every college player. Is that something that's in the back of your head right now? Like, I want to be that next? Or do you keep that out of your mind? For You got to focus on the season and you'll focus on that later.
0: Uh, I would say it's hard not to think about, but uh, I just really just try to take it day by day. Like play football, go to practice week by week, play games, and then uh, I'll just let that sort itself out in the end. Really, because I, I try not to think about it. Because if you if you think about it, you're gonna trip yourself up in the head, and uh, it's gonna mess with you a lot. So really, I, I'm just trying to just play football, get through these games, uh, hopefully get to the conference championship, and then see what see what happens, and then.
3: And along similar lines, I feel like in any ways that it helped you playing with those guys, both, you know, as good as they were. And also now that they're in the NFL in terms of them being able to give you some feedback and things like that.
0: Yeah, I actually think it helps me a lot. You know, I played with those guys for two, well, I say three years uh, and then now like the relationship we have like me jacorian and uh deontay we're all in the group chat so we talk every day they send me film or them going against receivers and then they i asked them like the first thing i asked them after they got drafted was like tell me the process tell me what it's like tell me what i need to know because uh those guys are like big brothers to me I, I appreciate them guys and they also they're giving me the little keys and the little things that i need to know for when i go through the process and then they're just telling me how it's like like how they're day-to-day life is what they do how practices like different things like that so uh, i appreciate those guys for that just give me a little little insight on on how it is on the next level and i'm appreciative for it all right Heeb, i
1: got two questions and they're very important all right so i need you to focus here all right first of all i need a rundown on how loxley did during karaoke night (laughs) and secondly
0: i need to know where we can buy that shirt all right, first question. Uh, now he usually just sits in the front. You know, he vibes to the music. He he wants to see who's not shy, He wants to get on stage and sing a song. Uh, I think you he think that's a music. test. You think that's a test for y'all? I, I think so. I yeah. think he wants to see who's not nervous. He wants to get up there, you know, sing in front of the team. Uh, different stuff like that. And then where you can buy the shirt, uh, you can actually get it, at Brown Boy Nation, uh. Yeah, that's the, That's the name. You know, that's the guy. Shout out to him. He made it for me. I appreciate him. Uh, yeah, really nice shirt, too.
1: Cool. Those for sale, you can send us the link or something. We'll put it in the show notes.
2: We'll put it in all the right, show notes. Good. And and for everybody who's listening on the pod and not watching on the video, we'll make it we'll make all that information known, known for you guys as well. Tarheeb. every time we do an interview, we end it with fill in the blank. We're going to give you five rapid fire questions. Say the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Ooh, okay. All, all right, right. You ready? Here we go. Every season at Maryland, your win totals have gone up two, seven, eight. This year's win total will be.
0: Question mark. I can't make <laughs> predictions. I'm sorry.
2: We <laughs> <laughs> <All laughs> don't right. want to get in trouble. It's almost <laughs> right. so almost smart, got him. Smart man. Smart yeah. man. The breakout player on this year's team that no one's talking – and none of the cornerbacks you already talked about. The breakout player on this year's team that no one's talking about is
0: – Ty Felton.
2: Okay. Your favorite place to hang out in College Park is
0: – Student Union.
2: Okay. It's
1: nice. old school. I like it.
2: The class clown of the football team is?
0: Germ, oh, uh, Germ Spragans? Yeah, definitely him. We call him Worm, okay. We call him Worm. But he's the clown for sure.
2: All right, last one. The winner of the Big Ten Championship this year will be?
0: The Maryland Terrapins.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> right. sir.
0: You, you had to get him one way or another, right? <laughs> I had <to> get
2: him. <laughs> but we asked one more thing. If everybody comes on the show, could you do us a favor and say, this is Tarheeb Still, and you're listening to IMS Radio.
0: This is Tarheem Still, and you're listening to IMS Radio.
2: Thank you, Tarheem, so much. Good luck the rest of the season. Good luck after this season with the NFL and all that stuff. Thank you. I appreciate you guys for having me on the show. Thanks for joining us.
1: Stay healthy and kick butt, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right.
2: Thank you. Tarheem Still seems like a fun guy.
1: Yeah, I like that. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We got him to crack a little bit at the end. That was good. Yeah,
2: we did. The shirt was really nice. It says, yeah, I, "I
1: can't wear that," but there are like young fashionable people that could that could pull that off.
2: I'm going to wear it just because you said that, Paul, I, and I'm going to pull it off too. Hey, all right. So, people who are listening on the podcast, he had a shirt. It said Heeb in very big, bright yellow and orange and red letters. So that's what the shirt was. Uh, but we'll put the links in for people listening. You'll be able to find it on the board and, and all the other places. Great guy, awesome Turk. Yeah, great, great player, of, man. One of the leaders of the
3: program, probably, I would guess, probably played more downs than anybody on the roster at this point, right? Except maybe Talia. Well, uh,
1: it's certainly obvious he's no, really yeah. You know, you know, he's, he's 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 certainly. Certainly seems like a guy who would who would take control of that locker room and, you know, being able to move around, play multiple positions, just kind of doing whatever the coaches need from him at a high level. Like that's I mean, that's worth its weight in gold. So excited to, to see all these corners playing well and getting drafted like that's That's good
2: stuff. So week one in the books, Maryland according to some people underperformed i don't think it was that big a deal didn't cover but we turn our attention now to week two and the projections for the rest of the season i have done mine i have collected all the analytics that i get from online i've gotten hoagies now i need your guys and then we'll we'll add it all up at the end is first of all if you want to do this quickly are there any games that you think you might want to change or are you just staying the same for now based on everything you saw? Paul, you're staying the same for now?
1: Yeah, there's nothing that, that makes me change either way.
2: Jeff? Yeah, too soon to change anything. Okay, so you guys are going to stay the exact same. You both still got them about 35th in the country, same thing? That's where they yeah. landed
3: in the, in the poll yesterday. So Okay. Uh, let me then – Or whatever day that was in the coaching yeah. poll.
1: Yeah. yeah, well we're gonna do what we always do. We're gonna creep all the way up right right to the to the cusp of top twenty-five by the end of September, maybe inside of it, and then see what happens.
2: I'm gonna share the spreadsheet, Paul's favorite. Oh part. boy. Look at the spreadsheet. I did have some changes. Little ones uh, up and down five here. Hoagie, three Hoagie tanked us. <laughs> Ho- Hoagie dropped. He was 7.09 yeah. wins. He dropped from 35th in the country to 47th in the country from 7.09 wins down to 6.14, so basically one less. I went up ever so slightly, and you guys did too, only because you had 99% of a win become realized at one full actual win. So you guys right. are almost the same. I jumped a little bit. I did lower a couple. I lowered Penn State. Ugh, they I hate to say it. Drew Allard <laughs> looks – so good, they look good. I think they might make the playoff. I think they're that good. I lowered 10, I lowered them by I think 10, 10%. Uh, a bunch of others up and down, but the, the uh, record projections slightly improved. Last time it was 18% chance at seven to five. Now it's 20 and all the ones above it. If you're looking on the video, you can see here, everything high, got a little better, everything low, got a little worse. So that's good. 80% shot at a bull, according to PFF, 80.4% shot at a bull, according to team rankings. Everyone's still at about seven wins. So not much to change in week one, like we said, but. That's where we are for right now.
1: Yeah, Michigan State, Indiana, man. I, I feel like those are really the two that that will kind of determine whether you're, you know, still, you know, teetering on that seven or eight win balance or not. Um,
2: you pull but up those Nebraska. two. Nebraska is well, in No, yeah. group, too.
1: No, I just, mean, I just mean chronologically we'll get to those first, you know, where oh, yeah. you get the uh-huh. first real, you know. Like if they go to Michigan State and win that game, and Michigan State looks like you know, they didn't look great, um, you know, you end up 5-0 and going to Ohio State. I mean, you're still probably going to get waxed at Ohio State, but you still feel pretty good about, you know, the rest of the season staring at the rest of that schedule.
2: Ohio State I actually bumped because Kyle McCord didn't look great. And they have a little bit of a QB controversy maybe brewing. So we'll see. I don't think they're as good this year as they were last year. Uh, I don't product, know that
1: they are either. But, you know, you're talking about the difference between, like, what, a 10% chance and a 20% five. chance. I said yeah. five, I went right.
2: from 5 to 10, yeah. Yeah. So you're, <laughs> but you're I, not, I still did bump it, though.
1: Yeah, you're yeah. not talking about a lot, of, a lot of movement here.
2: Right. Northwestern I bumped. They looked – God, did they look awful. They're garbage. They're yeah. bad. They're bad, bad, bad. And I bumped. I lowered Rutgers by a smidge from 70 to 67, because you know, it's at Rutgers and they, they That's always be. been
1: a close game for most most of the time. I mean it, it's it's just and a weird game since we joined the Big Ten.
2: The worst part is they're le- there's a really strong shot they're gonna be five and six in that game and need it for a bowl game. And that's the worst. It's yeah. just a bad bad spot, but yeah. Little fluctuations here and there.
1: yeah, not much. I don't think there'll be a ton of movement. you know if they if they go and they, they beat Virginia too you'll probably see just a smidge you know percentage movement but you know not really at Michigan State is the game that i I'm paying attention to if you want to know how this is going to end right I mean I mean that's a, that's a team at a place where they are on the road. If you go up there and you knock them off, you know you, you've got to feel pretty good about things.
3: Let's In get. I mean, uh, they they struggled for a while with uh, was it Western or Central Michigan? I think Western Michigan.
1: I think it was Central. but One I, of yeah, those too.
2: They, they struggled for, for two or three quarters. With they didn't look very good, for sure. In-state little brothers have have it. They can do that, right? So you might take a, take that with a grain of salt, just like the way you take the Towson and Maryland thing with a grain of salt. Like, yeah. There's, week a, there's one. a lot of we week don't one know.
1: weirdness going on. You we, know? Don't, we don't know. We don't know. We
2: don't know. So I don't know about Michigan State yet. But let's let's finish this segment of the show with our predictions for the game. Blowouts. How big of a blowout? I assume blowout. Or do you think the, the beef, the animosity is going to get Charlotte enough to make it a close game? No? Nah. We're going
1: to smash those dudes. Night game.
2: Yeah, at home, night
3: game, amped up, knowing that they're, you know, that they're fired up. Obviously, Maryland should win by twenty-four to twenty-eight, I would say. Charlotte does have a little bit of talent though, man. I mean, they you know, it's it's not across the board. That's the thing about football, basketball. A little bit of talent can get you an upset. Much easier football. They got a obviously it's it's a whole different deal, but they have, you know, a couple of really good defensive backs, including C.J. Burton, uh, who was at Boston College last year and was a four-star recruit, transferred there. And the the running back, Darrell Robinson, who was from St. Francis in Baltimore, which is obviously, you know, Biff has close ties there, having been a huge part of that program. It seems like half the roster is from St. Francis Academy. Um, And then... Iyabi, I guess he goes by Iyabi Oki now. It was Iyabi Anoma. He was a five-star defensive end at St. Francis several years ago. He's been to about 14 different schools. It seems like Alabama, Michigan. Uh, What was the one that he left quickly? Houston, Houston, maybe? Yeah, and he had one good year. I think it was at Houston where he really opened eyes, and they started putting him on NFL draft board. So, you know, they they don't have nearly Maryland's talent, but it's not all – underdog kind of guys they do they have gotten you know managed to bring in some some recruits who had a lot of power five offers
1: yeah i mean mm-hmm. i think the line's 25 or 25 and a half depending on where you look so it, it they should win comfortably and again i think i think you will still see some you know perhaps annoying to some uh you know keeping the foot off the gas here like you don't want to don't want to throw your old playbook at a team like that but you do want to maybe sub a little bit less and really try and figure out who your offensive line guys are. You know, I I think that's, you want something, something that would be a real positive here is, you know, them playing like seven or eight offensive.
2: Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
1: Climbing in the first three quarters plus and still winning by four touchdowns. That would be well, that'd be nice. One,
3: one more interesting connection obviously is Mike Miller, their offensive coordinator, was Maryland's tight ends coach and co offensive coordinator. So he knows what Loxley likes to do. He was around for four or five years. So you better believe he's been, you know, working with the defensive coordinator all week. So that's going to force Maryland to, to kind of self scout and, and throw some wrinkles in there a little bit, I would think.
1: Well, vice versa, too, right? You know, he was kind of Lox's little offensive understudy. So, you know, if he's going to run a similar situation, you'd like to think that Maryland's going to be prepared for it. You certainly well, rather see that put it this way you'd certainly rather see them week two after getting a little bit of a look at what they're doing too as opposed to going in going in blind.
2: yep it's always scary. Towson not so much, but when there's the bad blood, you l- worry about it a little bit. I agree with you guys. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a big win because I don't think Lox is gonna call up the dogs when they get up so. so. not as not as early yeah. as
1: Towson I
2: all right. Shot football recruiting, big news this week. There's been a commit. davin Davin, Williams. Devon. Devon yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Not neither one. Devon with, <laughs> Devon Watkins, 6'5, 315-pound offensive tackle out of St. Mary's in Maryland. He is an 85-rated player, according to 24/7 sports. Jeff, good. What's which? How um, should we feel about Devon?
3: I think he's a long-term stock, as many of these offensive linemen they're taking are, because it's so hard to get four-star offensive linemen. You know, he was um, he had you know the the offer list isn't similar schools to Maryland. You know, it's Temple and, and a handful of MAC kind of level schools, but at the same time, uh, he's got a massive wingspan, and I you know I talked to Brian Doan, our regional recruiting analyst about him I was expecting him quite honestly to say oh it's a reach or something like that based on his offer list he watched his film and he said his film actually is is pretty solid so he thinks he's got some potential long term but definitely you know not a guy I would expect to be in the mix right away on the offensive line but very few are
1: you don't see a lot of St. Mary's Annapolis kids getting mm-hmm. getting uh, Maryland offers. You know, yeah. competition isn't super and and whatnot. But I mean, what is this, this their eighth offensive line commit? I think for and they're for all the class. really
2: s- similarly ranked and everything.
1: And you know what? Honestly, <laughs> you know, you're going to get a million transfers. You know, you're going to get a bunch of guys who just you know live in the weight room for the next two or three years, and you just see what happens, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's kind of that's offensive line recruiting now. And, you know, just pepper in some transfers, you know, until you can get some of those high school kids to really flourish or decide that, you know, here isn't where they want to, where they want to be. So, you know, I, I think casting a wide net when you're not able to get like really elite guys, you know, isn't a terrible strategy. And no, frankly, even, even, the elite guy, yeah, and even the elite guys who've gotten over the years haven't always turned out to be even starter quality. So
2: you know, i'm I'm kind of
1: willing to just trust the staff on on these guys and you know ask me again in in three years yeah where we're at. reminds me <laughs> of
2: when when under Durkin they got the four wide receivers that were all similar like Demas and Carlos carrier and drawing a blank on the other two names it was like, all right which Cobb one of these...
1: and,
2: yes yeah. C- Brian Cobb, Brian they, they could Cobb. Have
3: finished uh daryl uh... Daryl Jones? Daryl Jones, maybe yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's like which one of these guys is gonna work out? Well, Demas did, right? Yeah, until the injury, but you got
1: like one and a half out of four, you know, right? right? But that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's well, I mean, this is the game now, right? You know, we're we're not in a scenario where if you have a bad recruiting class, it's gonna really hamper you down in, in the future. That's not necessarily the case anymore. Because you're going to get, you know, the transfer portals just kind of open this whole new world of player movement. So it's going to hurt you that you're losing guys, but you're going to pick up some guys, too, that maybe, you know, can can fill in some of those holes that you might have had created with a bad class or a class that didn't work out the way you thought it would. So, you know, it's we're all kind of experiencing this in live time as it's happening. This is only what year three of the portal. So we're still seeing how all this is going to kind of work itself out.
2: With Mike Loxley, I've, we've talked about this before. I don't, I don't love the portal. I think it's okay. Like some of the, the ideas behind it and giving the players options, I think is okay. The way it's structured and the rules surrounding it, I hate. And I think a lot of people are in the same boat with me. But if that's the world we live in, it's good to have Mike Loxley. Yeah,
1: and I and I think what's interesting, and, and you can look at some of the linemen that they brought in this year. You know, comparing, say, uh, you know, uh, Gottliebe—I can, I can't even pronounce his last name—but um, you know, or, or Bullock and some of those guys that they brought in from lower division programs, like FCS schools or lower, you know, G five schools that are taking a step up because they were good football players, as opposed to bringing in, say, a Doomerville from LSU who was at a you know obviously a much better football program but is dropping down a little bit to come here and seeing whether we, you know which which style transfer is going to be the better bet like i would bet every time on the guy who was successful at a lower level compared to the guy who was at a better school dropping back so i'd be really curious just in long term looking at the program, seeing how that works out this year and kind of over the next few years. And hope, I'm sure the staff is probably keeping an eye on that too because they might find themselves doing a lot better plucking good players from the James Madisons of the world, you know, or even the Frostbergs and Towsons of the world as opposed to, you know, trying to get some local, you know, four-star recruit from five years ago to transfer back from LSU or USC. You know what I mean?
2: That has worked too, though. JC Jackson, for example – and and other things like that. Fair,
1: yep. Yeah, but a big
3: chunk. Paul's right. A, a big chunk of them, it didn't work out because they weren't as good as they were supposed to be as they were rated. You know, right. So you know, and that's the
1: thing. Like like, don't tell me. But you know, like I, I think there was some discussion about the Charlotte roster. Like they got a couple guys who were four star, you know, five star recruits. You know, two, three, four years ago. It's like, all right, well, don't tell me what. Don't tell me what level of recruit they were. Three or four years into playing college football. Like they are what they are at this point, right? You're either a good football player or you're not. So we'll see, right?
3: Yeah. For the <laughs> most part, I agree. There's been a few, Byron, Byron Coward did well. Um Keandre Jones did
1: Keandre really was long. fine. Uh, I mean, uh, who was the kid from Clemson, the linebacker? Um
3: oh, yeah, Shaq Smith. Uh, Shaq
1: Smith. Oh, yeah. He was he was fine, but these were not no, He's he not even, world beaters.
3: He barely even got off the bench at Maryland. Yeah. That, that was a weird one because Debo was like desperately trying to keep him saying he was faster than his wide receivers, all this stuff. So everybody in Maryland thought they got this star because he'd been a high four star recruit uh, coming out of Baltimore. He, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. They, for the most part, they are what they are. Yeah. He was just a dude,
1: you know, yeah. Isaiah Hazel, another big recruit. You know, he was he was fine, but you know, he wasn't Knocking anybody's socks off. So, you know, it is what it is. But yeah,
2: those guys are might be in some trouble. They've they've slow they've slowly slipped from elite national title winning and title contending team to now. Are they not even going to make the ACC championship multiple years? Like,
1: yeah, it's they, a real tragedy. Really, really, I mean, really sad.
2: I'm me. not sad for them. I'm just saying that. <laughs> Well, like I mean, started
1: using
3: uh, Clemsoning again. Did Clemsoning come back out on Twitter? <laughs> I was I was on the road so I didn't get to see if was- I, Well, I they, think- they almost
1: got beat too badly to use Clemsoning, but they they were, you know, they did kind of give the way a game, but they also lost by three touchdowns. So, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's
2: I uh, think they've done enough to earn the right to not have that thrown around, at least for a little while more. They won two national titles, and it was just like five years, not even five years ago. Yeah, but, but that dab was annoying, so we're going to throw it around. Where, where'd those coordinators go, by the way? They're not there anymore? Yeah. Uh, imagine that.
1: What a quinky ding. Can't imagine what happened. Wasn't what one changed. of them was
2: Brent, Brent Venables, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And yep. he's at Oklahoma now, so. Yep. Who had a – jeez, they won. Turns, out, turns
1: out certain used car salesmen – Might be good organizers and good recruits, but can't coach football. We've heard that before.
2: Look out before. Yeah. All right. Good job, football team. Got through week one. No major injuries. No injuries really. Well, there was the Leah thing, but it doesn't seem to be a big deal. And they won the game. Got a lot of players in. Getting some experience for a lot of players. Move on to week two. And as they move on to week two, we move on to basketball. There was a big visit this week, Jeff. You promised everyone on the board,
3: <laughs> yeah, right. That yep. Jaden
2: Mustaf will be committing to Maryland to play yep. basketball. Yes, I didn't promise it's there. A damn thing, it's there. I no? promised
3: nothing of that. So, but uh, it'll be interesting. He's deciding very soon. I had a couple updates on the site uh, yesterday, and we'll have more shortly. You know, they're they're in the mix. He definitely had his, you know, it's always a successful visit. Every visit is great. We already, Oh, we know that from following this stuff forever, but I do think that he really did have a visit uh, that really impressed him. He really, I think his, I think he was surprised by how much, like going to the football game, how much attention and love the players get there probably because these other schools, he's, you know, some, not all of them, but like Georgia tech. and, And some of these others, it's not quite the same, um, so that'll be interesting, you know, because again, like we've discussed, the list of prospects is not deep. It's about four or five guys right now. It, we lost, you know, one of one of the guys off that is off the list uh as of, you know, Wednesday with Kenai Roots uh, canceling his visit to Maryland. So now you you know you got to start closing on some of these guys uh this week. Fosa Oliogu, the Canadian wing who we discussed last week, uh, will be visiting. Obviously, we had another, we had an update on him on the site on Wednesday. So uh, with some inside stuff about, you know, how he's feeling about things and also his thoughts on uh, possibly switching classes. So that's another big one. And then, you know, after that, you've obviously got Matthew Hodge and Boogie Fland and then in October, Derek Queen. So. You know, these aren't this sort of guys who are going to usually commit like right off of a visit because they're the higher ranked guys. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see when they can get somebody wrapped up in this class. Still looking like
2: Derek Queen is the likely one along with Matthew Hodge and the others. Maybe not. Did did the visit help with Jade Mustaf Is he? Closer? I
3: it, or? Yeah, I think it helped. I definitely think it helped, um, but I think even if you asked people fairly close to him, they would probably tell you that they don't know quite yet. He's going over it all with his family right now. Uh, Georgia Tech, Florida State are in the mix. NC State is also in the mix. Indiana, I don't, I don't think really is. Arkansas, he says, is, but he never took an official there, so we know what you, that means. It's it's not
1: it's it's not the list of schools you're super excited to to be on, uh, given certain NIL considerations. I would say, um, even though they're not those are not necessarily big basketball programs, with pr- perhaps the exception of Florida State during the during the bunny years. Um, I will say I, I saw him with the team uh, at the football stadium, and he was having a Blast like taking pictures and you know shooting the shit with those guys and with with like kind of random fans coming up. So that that certainly played out in front of me. Um, you know, I don't know, man. Yeah, certainly the the vibe is pretty good coming out of there. It's the last visit, right? So
3: mm, but yeah, man, they got you know, yeah. I mean just Gerard, obviously the former Maryland star was with him on the visit, seemed to really like it. Interestingly, Maryland uh posted a tweeted a, a video of him today how great it was to have him back which you know is smart maneuvering well,
1: and it doesn't doesn't hurt having a little bit of reconciliation with a yeah with a former player you know even if that's all that comes from this um, yeah
3: and um you know an interesting thing you mentioned nil aside from the fact as we've discussed many times more so on the site than on the podcast that You know Maryland's NIL program is is respectable, but a lot of these, some of these schools, they're competing with for these guys. They're shelling out, no pun intended, a lot more money. Um, And with these guys, with with Mustaf last week and Oliogu this week, both of them have transferred to overtime elite this year, and they're both going to make six figures this year. So that makes it a little harder on Maryland if you're trying to pitch, take a little bit of a discount because we have a better program, because. No one wants to go backwards in salary, right? And and what they're making this year uh, with overtime elite, I don't know if they they make that necessarily. So that that I think makes it a little tougher because you know they become they're conditioned to making pretty good money. Um, so and innovation. with
1: Oliagu, he's Canadian, right? We've had some issues with Canadian players in the past. They don't necessarily have that dream of playing American college basketball the way some of the American kids do. They you know, they're looking for a track to the NBA. And I don't know, I would suspect that it's not necessarily Willard's number one recruiting pitch to a lot of these guys. So, you know, guys going to overtime elite and then recruiting them here is, is not not necessarily the pathway that you're you're super excited to see. But I don't know, man. They gotta find a way to get two of these guys at least. And I mean
3: you can the, the good thing he can sell them is is a major role right away, especially Mustaf. He's probably yeah. going to be a point guard. Maryland, you know, you Jameer Young's going to be gone, so there's a boatload of playing time there. So you can really tell him you're going to come in and and play a huge role right off the bat. Same with most of the guys, really, because Dante Scott other than other than that center with Julian Reese, who we don't know what will happen with him next year necessarily, but.
1: If but you've got to count on him leaving yeah, right i, I mean if, i mean if you're being real about it right jeff odds doing. that
3: he leaves it's really hard because he's not in on any of the mock drafts right now at all yeah. Not even. that's a good the second round not in the second round even but that's because he played low posts both years and hasn't really had a chance to show his perimeter skills which he does have perimeter skills you know i watched him before he got to maryland and he was pretty good attacking the basket. Last year, he showed a soft touch a few times when he was able to here and there on some jump shots. So, you know, I think there's a decent chance if he gets, you know, enough opportunities to show that off this year, his stock could climb. But right now he's not in any of the mock drafts. But then again, as we know, you don't have to be a first rounder to to declare these days. You know, there's, there's so many guys who leave, and not only aren't even in the first round, but don't get drafted at all, and they're just ready to go. So, if you don't know what a guy's mindset is, there's no telling. But with NIL now, and and Willard views NIL more so, I think, as a retention tool than a recruiting tool. You know, Maryland will, if 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 he's willing to come back, or if he's not, you know, dead set on going, which I don't think he is, you know, he he'll be able to make some pretty good money. And we've seen that work, you know, we saw it with, you know, Oscar Chibwe and all these other guys who came back for an extra year. Um, So it's a little different ball. I mean, you look at Caleb Williams on the football side right now, I'm not saying Julian Reese is Caleb Williams. His dad's talking about if he doesn't like, you know, who's first in the draft, who's picking first, he could stay. At first it seems outlandish, but he's reportedly making like $2.5 million in NIL this year. So Um, so anyways, long story short, that makes it really hard to project who's coming back and who is not coming back, especially the guys who, you know, you would think by now would want to leave, but also aren't projected first round picks.
2: There's a lot of trepidation about the class right now, Jeff, people worry, no commits yet. And as you're saying, the list is dwindling. Is this, this is getting kind of scary. Do you agree?
3: I can see that. I mean, you have to wonder if Willard maybe knows a little more than we know on some of these guys because he knows, and I talked about this with the source today, he knows what his NIL budget is. He has a good idea what what these guys need, and yet he's still all in on these four- and five-star guys without really having a lot of backup plans. So well, he's not crazy. That's what's scary,
2: right? Yeah, but, that's,
3: that's what's scary the crap out of me. Right. I mean, Well, that should, be, <laughs> right. but that, should, that should be scary for a fan. But yeah. my point is that yeah. it's not he like he's not, just saying yeah. uh, to hell with it. Like he's not doing any calculations. He's calculating it all day, every day, even more than us, even more than Hobie, right? We've seen – Maybe, maybe, he, maybe more than Hoagie.
2: So, we've seen each of the last two coaches not succeed on plan A's and then not have plan B's in place. Both of the last two have done that.
3: It happens. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I'm mean, i not saying it's outside the realm of possibility. I'm just saying when you do the math of the fact that they're going after these highly rated guys and seemingly not really anybody else, he has to know he's not just going to, you know, he's not going to just say all oh, the hell with it. We'll try. And if we don't get them, we'll just go get, you know, a bunch of three stars. So he has to feel good about some things. I know that they've, Felt good about Derek Queen for a while. I think as long as the NIL, again, NIL, I hate bringing it all back to NIL over and over and over again. That really gets old. But, you know, as long as that's right, I like their chances there. So, you know, anyways, you know, when you think about it, it's hard to imagine that he's knowing the situation is just flying without a parachute.
1: Yeah, this is very much a you kind of have to trust Willard to know his level. And to know whether you can pull this off. I mean, you know, I, I assume that, you know, when you think about these guys, they're all kind of these megalomaniac, you know, you know, you don't get this successful at a thing without being having quite the ego and, and confidence in your abilities. So, you know, the difference is, is this going to be, you know, like that monster class returgeon that fell apart? you know, where you, you swing for the fences and it doesn't work out and then you you kind of reconstitute your recruiting for what you feel like your level is? Or can he go and pull two or even three of these guys and say, yeah, this is my level. I can do it better. Because we haven't had a coach who's pulled recruits of this level consistently for any reason. And certainly seeing that happening now with a new coach and in the NIL era would certainly be quite the Shot in the arm for this program if he can pull it off, but but boy, boy, it's uh, it's scurry.
3: Well, the other <laughs> thing is scared. there's not that many spots open on the roster. You know, you're going to have transfers like always. I think when I look at this roster, I think less transfers than in recent years. But you're always going to have at least like one or two. But as of right now, there's only two or three spots open, depending on if Jahari Long comes back another year. So you, you really can only get two or three of these guys and then go to, and, and get a guy or two in the portal. So if you can well, just get Derek Queen and anybody else, you've done great. You know, you don't need to get – it's not a situation where you're expecting to get four guys. So I'm sure that's part of the math too.
1: Well, let's be real though, right? I mean, you know you're losing Jameer. You know you're losing Dante. You know you're losing uh, Geronimo. So that's that's probably three of your top six guys – well, right. List, he,
3: he's listed on the roster as a junior. So
1: is he still yeah. somehow? OK, yeah. maybe so, there's a COVID um, year in there. So maybe maybe I'm wrong. In that case, you got two, two of your top six, certainly two of your top, you know, three, three players, probably. And then you're looking at, you know, know what Long would do. Um, and then I, I mean, I just I just can't imagine that Reese would stick around for four full years. I figure he goes pro or he transfers to try and win a natty. Somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, you might only be looking at two scholarships, but you could be looking anywhere between, you know, up to probably five opening up or six, even depending on what the other guys do. So that I think that's that's what scares me more than anything. Like, you know, you don't know DHS could go be Hood Shafino this year and be gone too. I mean, there's just that's, so many questions, man.
2: Paul, that is one of the worst things I've ever heard said on this radio show. He might transfer to try and win a natty. Oh my god. Paul, oh.
1: look. You got look. It, oh. I look. Here's the difference between me and you. I know what we are now. Okay. I've lived the past 20 years since that national title, and we are not a national title ta- national title caliber program at this point. I would love for that to change, but we're not. We're just not. We're not bringing the talent to do that to pull that off. I would love Willard to come in and be that guy, but until you show me something, dude. We're just Maryland. We're going to win 22 a game. We're going to get a, you know, five or six or eight seed. We're going to be out by Sweet 16. That's what we do until we don't.
2: That, so, is, that, that is a painful, painful statement. He could Paul. go
3: pro. I don't see him. He loves, he's a homebody. He loves Maryland. I think if he goes anywhere, I'll be going pro. But I mean, that, what Paul says is obviously in this uh, environment, you know, happens far more often, but I think in his case, I don't think he'll go anywhere else. You're certainly more well,
1: more informed on, on Julian personally I mean, than I am. I, I just, mean,
3: his, s- his sister did, so it's not out of the question, but she also was enjoying her Maryland experience about 10%, I think, as much as he has so far. So,
1: Fair to say. I will also say he was out there having a great time with a bunch of randos coming up and bothering him for for, for pictures in the football game. So he certainly seemed like he was having a good time, but, but I, definitely- I don't know.
3: I think he. I think there's a great chance he could boost his stock and be a first-rounder, and then it's a moot point, you know.
2: Or they could throw money at him and try and keep him, like Sheewe or Hunter Dickinson, those guys who had the opportunity to go pro and just stayed to get more money in college.
3: They better get their money up. Those guys got, you know, a million bucks or whatever. Turtlenil.com
1: or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> help help the cause.
2: Turtlenil.com. Okay. Subscribe to our
1: subscribe to our YouTube page and then go <laughs> yeah. directly to that website. Yes, please, and then please. go and then go to the other website and buy a heat shirt.
2: Yes. And then <laughs> do go all IMS
1: that. and subscribe. Yes. 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 Okay. So let's let's get this in order, right? Go ahead.
2: Do all the do the list. That's a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. All right. On that note, we will end the show with some Maryland trivia. I've got two sort of standard trivia questions, and then I've got two that are lists where you guys are going to have to come up with the answers in a list. Okay. Uh, Well, since the first two are straight questions, I'll direct one at each of you, and then the last two will go back and forth. So, Jeff, we'll start with you. It's kind of tough, kind of tough. Not that tough. Second one's real tough for Paul. Great. good. Mike Loxley has two bowl victories at Maryland. Name the head coaches in Maryland history that have had more.
3: Region, wrong. Correct. Incorrect.
2: Really? Oh, geez. Creveac he quite
1: here long enough for
2: Krivak. Yeah. Krivak got one tie. He and that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh... cherry ball. Paul, do you want to chip in? Uh, Tatum, incorrect. Really? Huh. Really?
1: I know he won at least that one bowl. The year they didn't win the Natty, not yep. Canada. He lost the other one.
2: Not May Canada.
1: I know. Um, the see, other. I, po- know, I mean, there's not a lot of coaches left. The uh,
2: other possibility is Jerry Claiborne.
1: But
3: yeah. not
2: not Claiborne didn't either. Mike yeah. Loxley is tied for second all time in bowl wins with two.
3: That is pathetic. We <laughs>
2: suck so bad. <laughs> I know. I was looking at the thing. I was like, I, I got to do this. Friggen was five and two, awesome. Tatum was two three and one, so only two wins. But we'll oh, give okay, him the, so he
1: had two, but he, yeah,
2: we'll give him the tiebreaker because okay. he did get a tie two three and one. Mm-hmm. Bobby Ross two and two. Jerry Claiborne two and five. Mm. Lots yeah, of two, two and oh.
1: I know those good teams in the 80s lost a lot of bowl games. Like they they didn't quite pull them up. But that was and I remember Tatum was weird because the year he won the natty, they lost the bowl game. Right. But the other year that they went undefeated and didn't win the natty, they won the bowl game. So it was it was yeah. Right. So that's things, just
3: another uh, illustration, of, illustration of how impressive Ralph's accomplishments were,
1: huh? Pretty impressive. Yeah, somebody but, needs to send that to the uh, college football hall of fame committee. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. All right, that was his
2: back. Yeah. That was number one, Paul. Here we go. We'll give you first crack, and yeah, so that was if, the easy if, one. Apparently, that was the easy one. All if right. you if if you can't get it all, we'll we'll bring in Jeff. <laughs> We'll see. All right. Maryland has been in five conferences in its history. Name them.
1: Okay. Big 10, ACC, Southern. Yes. That's my
2: three also. What a coincidence. That's all I
1: got. I'm not even going to be bothered with the others. I don't know
2: them. Before the Southern Conference was the South Atlantic Intercollegiate Athletic Association. Of course. And before that, in the early 1900s, for about three years, they were in the Maryland Intercollegiate Football Association with schools like Gallaudet. Ooh. Now, here's this. here's the second part of that. How many conference titles did they win in each one of those conferences? So I think, Paul, you might be able to – kind of right. are some of this.
1: So there's there's none none in the Big Ten. Correct. There's two in the ACC? No, wait, they were no 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 because they were they were in the ACC for a long yeah. time. Um I try I can see those pennants on the side of gossip in my head, but I can't yep. count how many of them were. I'd say there's there's probably like like seven or eight. Nine. Nine, okay.
2: okay, And they're still third all-time in, yeah. in conference championships behind Clemson and Florida State. It's not bad. Okay, go ahead. Southern?
1: Oh, shit. I don't know. They they were not very good at football before Tatum got there at all, so probably
2: none. Correct. Yeah. And I won't make it.
1: Yeah, I, I, you're, you're wasting my time it. with the other the, two. The other two oh, were man.
2: also zero. Okay, so they have nine conference titles in in their history, and they all came from the ACC. Okay, Gal, U- Gal had the number. I remember. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, Gal debt did win some of the conference titles. By the way, <laughs> I I looked at the history of the conference; they did. So I'm,
1: I'm not I'm not going to make that joke. Carry on. <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs>
1: not touching
3: that one. No, no, sir. No, all right,
2: on. number three. You guys are going to alternate here until you run out. And it's, we're going to basketball now. And it is going to be the draft picks from Maryland since 2000. There have been 17 that have been drafted in the NBA since 2000. Name the so player bad at this. and the team they got drafted by.
1: Oh, there's no way. Jessica, just give we'll, it to Jeff. But yeah, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it.
2: We'll start with Jeff. Go
3: ahead. We'll go see Francis and the Grizzlies. He's incorrect. <laughs> Wait, what year did you say? Since uh, 2000. Oh, well, that was 99, wasn't it? All right, start over. Uh, okay, rule, rules are hard. Jeff <laughs> right. Okay, go ahead. Here, no, Juan no, no,
2: Dixon
1: before, and the Wizards. Um, oh, you asshole! I was gonna, I was gonna say before Jeff says Juan Dixon the Wizards, <laughs> I will say Juan Dixon the Wizards and win, and then we can go and keep going just for
2: for sport. Okay, he said what? Well, go ahead, Paul.
1: Um, Herder and the Hawks.
2: Correct. Jeff. Jalen Smith and the Suns. Correct.
1: Paul. Oh, man. Um, Grievous and the Pelicans. Or whatever New Orleans was.
2: Yes. Yeah, I'll give it to you. They were the Hornets back then. But okay. okay. Yeah. Go ahead.
3: Um, We'll go Chris Wilcox and the Sonics. Nope. The Sonics didn't draft him? No. Hold on, hold on. Was it the Clippers? Clippers. Oh, he got traded to the Sonics. All right.
2: Well, Kay. Paul, you got me. Paul, go ahead. Well, yeah. keep going.
1: Uh, um, shit. Uh, Steve, uh, Steve Blake and the Wizards, right?
2: Yes, correct.
1: Yeah. yeah. Jeff?
2: Second round.
3: Jake Lehman and the Trailblazers.
2: No. He didn't yeah, get drafted. Oh, no. he
3: get tra- oh he got drafted and traded immediately to, to them, didn't he?
2: I don't remember. That I, just had to trade- that I just have
3: the list. was a draft got- and trade deal, who who picked him?
2: Orlando Magic.
3: Oh, okay, but he never played for them. That was a draft night deal. He was a rookie with them. With the
2: yeah, that, that does
1: make it tough, man. <laughs> they do a lot of the the sign and trade, draft and trade. Um, all right, so uh, Bruno and the Rockets. Hawks. No, or was that another one of those? Yeah. Not the Hawks. Burr? I said the Rockets. Said the
2: not Rockets. Rockets. the Rockets or the Hawks. Oh,
1: okay. I don't
2: know. Oh, hold on. Wait. I'm I'm trusting that Wikipedia is right. By the way, uh, so uh, who drafted Brown? There's telling me in, in the chat that Wikipedia says Maryland is 11th conference titles of football. That's not what I saw, but okay. They're all in
1: the ACC I imagine anyway. Well, so they definitely
2: have 9 in the ACC. Yeah. I don't know where the other two are coming from cuz I look was back. It, was but it okay. the Warriors?
1: Did the Warriors do
2: you? Uh sorry, who were we on again? I, I just forgot. Uh Fernando got drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh,
3: that's a draft and trade deal also cuz yeah. he never played for them either.
1: Yeah.
2: Got- all right. You guys,
1: who we got um uh Wiggins, left?
2: Wiggins and the
1: and Oklahoma City, right?
2: Correct. Very God, I'm good. I'm better at this than I thought. All Jeff? Right. How many we got left? One, two, right. three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, man, that's a lot. Who else was good? <laughs> I mean, it feels weird saying can't that. can't remember who got drafted. Jordan Williams and the Nets. That is correct. And, it, Paul, just go in any order you want to now if you can think of them. You yeah. don't have to wait for Paul. Man, I'm getting – there's some monsters on here that you guys,
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's hard, man. There's a lot of players um, over 20 years. <laughs> 23 years. Um, you want me Don't say
3: Don't you say yet. Yeah. Mellow yeah.
1: didn't. Cowan didn't. Um,
2: nope. Nope.
1: None of the other point guards.
3: Justin Jackson and the Magic?
2: Justin Jackson and... The Denver Nuggets.
3: Oh, but that's another trade deal. I don't think he ever played for them either.
1: Uh, he didn't play for anybody for very long, did he?
2: One of <laughs> Mello's teammates for only one season. Did Robert some,
3: Carter get drafted by the Warriors, or was he undrafted
2: free agent? I can't remember. He. It does not say that he got okay, drafted. Was, he did drafted get a cup
1: run. of coffee in the league. One. I don't know. The,
2: center. Diamond, was,
1: Diamond Stone was drafted by um, Clippers.
2: No. No. I remember it. Pelicans. Pelicans. Okay,
1: he, got, okay. uh, he got traded I, too.
2: He never played. Yeah. <laughs> <with Pelicans. laughs> I was going to say one center whose father talked about us a lot on the show. Okay.
1: All right. You just give us the rest because we're not to. No, hold on. Give, give, give,
2: give, more, give me one more hint. The first player that got drafted under Terzian Charles played, Mitchell. Played oh, Alex, Alex Len. <laughs> um, yes. And. Phoenix or... correct? Phoenix is correct. All right. Two second rounders in 2007 and 2008.
1: Gist? Gist is one. I have no idea where he went.
2: Um, San Antonio Spurs and a famous athlete. Sun is the other. Oh, DJ. Yeah. Phoenix, right? Correct. Phoenix. The other two we're on Final Four national championship teams. So, Jesus, oh, Lonnie, uh, Lonnie, drafted, the Wizards didn't draft the Wizards drafted him, didn't they? Or, hold no, on.
1: no, but oh, he ended Bulls, up there. The yeah, Chicago the
2: Bulls. Bulls. Yeah. The other one was on the Final Four team, but not.
1: Oh, um, uh, not the Terrence the, Morris.
2: Terrence Morris,
1: um, and I also have no idea where he went.
3: Yeah, I don't think he ever played a minute in uh, Houston. Houston.
2: Atlanta Hawks. He played oh. 100, 139 hmm. games. Okay. Really? All
3: right. We, oh, we did well.
1: better. We did better with that than I, I thought. I
3: never yeah. realized he played. I mean, it's a year and a half. It's not yep.
2: 139 yeah. games. The only there are two that, that according to Wikipedia say they played zero games. One is Justin Jackson, one is James Guest. So okay. There's right. your NBA picks. Last I'm, I'm, one. I'm
1: kind of patting myself on the back for that. I was better at that than you thought I
2: would be. Last one. sports, if you go to their recruiting pages and you look at the list of targets and commitments, they will show you the all-time highest rated commits in the history of your program. So for basketball, I have the top 10. Now, remember, this only goes back for as long as 24-7 has been tracking it. So Len Bias and Juan Dixon and Walt Williams and Joe Smith are not going to be in there, right? So- it's only within the last, what is it, 15-ish years or so. So name the top 10 rated recruits according to 24-7 Sports in Maryland Basketball for the last 15-ish years or so. If you want to try and guess what the rating was too, Jeff, you might be able to do that. So do you want to alternate again? You want to throw them out, Good, Jeff? Yeah, let's You start.
3: And the rating in terms of like what number they were overall?
2: Yeah, the number. No, no, no. Uh, they're not like where they the number five recruit. They're like score rating. Oh no, I don't focus much on those. I could tell. Yeah. Okay, yeah. they're yeah, it's got
1: like like number like top hundred national kind of thing.
3: Right? Yeah, I would say uh, Diamond Stone. He was yes, uh, like he was around number eight. I, he might have fell late though to like the team. I
2: I did not bring that those numbers in, okay. so I can't Diamond tell Stone. you. Yes, Diamond Stone. Okay, Paul.
1: Uh, was Mike Jones too old for this?
2: Nope, he's in there. Okay, number four. Mike Jones, number four. Yeah, Mike number Jones. Four all time. And I'll even, tell you, Diamond. Stone was the was, number
1: two shooting guard behind LeBron James, as I he was. remember uh, being told over and over and over and over.
2: Diamond Stone was .9971. That's really high. Mike Jones was .9856. and. Who just you just said Mella Trimble? Yes, he's number six at .9831. Okay, Paul, who you got?
1: Um shoot. Uh Juju. Juju was uh he was a top top thirty, I think, by the end of it. So point nine
2: seven. Uh,
3: uh Jalen like
2: Smith. Uh, uh,
3: J- Jalen Julian Reese. Julian Reese. Oh, Jalen Smith
2: was my next guest. Thanks so. for
3: giving us
1: the, the next answer. No,
3: that, that was my, right. next, that was my next one. He's I just had five. a
2: complete total brain fart. Sorry. <laughs> Julian is number 10. So you get that 1.9773 and Jalen was number two. The 9.9943. Sorry. Okay. Well, you can go again, uh, Jeff. Yes. Since I, I was going to say Jalen Smith, one.
3: but I'll, um, Deshaun Harris-Smith has got to be right around the eight or nine range, right?
2: He's third. Third?
1: Wow.
3: Third.
2: Point nine, eight, seven, six. Dude, you have
1: to understand how bad our basketball recruiting has been in the oh, past I 20 am- years. That's not that's yeah. <laughs> I, I
2: understand more than anybody on earth.
1: Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> it's, it's not just good, not,
2: It's just not Duke, it's Kentucky. Not, it's not elite. I yeah.
1: mean, you can, you, you're talking about 20 years, and we've got, like, what, two or one top 10 kid in that time, time period, like that's garbage um, for a program of what of what we think we are anyway. Um, I think Kenny Beckway was weirdly a top recruit. Um, in my I friends.
2: think this Probably depends be, on the site. I think it may be before the okay. rankings because okay. that was two thousand two ish, right? Okay, like that's
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I Think By that's before. Wiggins.
3: Aaron Ford. Wiggins yeah, is Wiggins correct. Would have been another one.
2: He's number five point nine eight four five. You're missing numbers seven, eight, nine.
1: I think Cal? Justin Jackson was up there too, right?
2: Nope, not in the no. list. Uh, Herder, no. Cowan, no. no. He wasn't that high. Um, one monster and two shockers. One of the greatest uh, turps of all time. Again? How far are we going back again? I think it goes back to like the so,
1: mid-aughts. Grievous got fairly high towards the end, right?
2: Grievous is the monster. Yeah. He's number seven at point nine eight. He
1: was outside the top 100, and then Montrose had that crazy game against Oak Hill, and I think he jumped like 40 spots or something. Like,
2: was, And then we need like number eight, nine, and I will tell you, Neither of these guys finished their career with Maryland. Mo- oh, no,
3: not Sean Mosley. then. Shaq
1: Clear is one of Sha- them.
2: Shaq Clear is one of them. Number eight at point nine seven eight seven, And one more. Stuggett Long. Oh, the right. mayor
1: of Baltimore.
2: Nicholas- no, no. Oh, sorry. Nicholas- Dang it. J- I had Nicholas- the wrong guy. J- it wasn't him. It wasn't, it wasn't Faust. Nick Faust. It's not Nick Faust. I had the wrong Hold on, guy. On. Sorry. There's another guard, though. Around that time,
3: Stobbs? No, nah, he was he was
2: outside he was, the top one hundred. Very highly rated guard. I'm trying to remember even where he went. Hold on. I'm well, going to tell you. We don't want dead air, so just pulling uh, off the site right uh, now.
3: No, I'm, I'm. I'm not. I'm. Uh, I can't think year? of any other. Any other what floppy? year did you say, Larry? Two thousand seven.
2: He's he is that time frame He's he's t- beginning of Turgeon.
1: Man, I. That's
3: crazy. Uh, I mean, there was a
1: lot. There were a lot of kids going in and out at that point, right? But I can't. But he think. was.
2: He was. Was he? Did he play for Turgeon? For one year, I think he played, but and it's then not Sean Mosley. No,
1: that, that was a Seth Allen, Charles Mitchell, Shaq Clear.
2: Yeah, it's none
3: of those guys. None of them were were. Highly ranked. So Yeah, I
1: can't.
3: Someone he inherited.
2: It might have been his very first recruiting class.
3: I mean, I got, Allen, none of those guys. Yeah. Sam, Cassell, Sam Cassell wasn't nope. highly
2: rated. Um, Maybe I'm getting some facts incorrect. So I'm going to tell you guys. I got it's, nothing. Roddy Peters. Oh. oh,
1: damn it. Of course.
2: Wasn't yep. he like? Yeah. Wasn't he he, a-
1: he tore up, he tore up like the Nike camp or something one year and then just exploded, even yeah. though he had nothing resembling a jump shot or pretty much anything else.
3: He was um, a border. He was almost a five star recruit. Yeah. Yep. Kansas, Kansas uh, wanted him. That's the one yeah. guy, Maryland. You know, yeah, have, one time we beat Kansas. Every time these Kansas battles come up, I say, "Hey, they they won for Roddy Peters, so it's they can do it. They can beat those. He's stuff.
2: number number nine at .9783, So there's your top ten all time Maryland oh, basketball recruits.
3: That was That's, good. That was a good. That was a good topic.
1: That was a great topic, but also makes me even more depressed about the last twenty <laughs> hey, years.
2: You know what?
3: If that makes you depressed, don't ever look at the top uh, highest rated football recruits.
1: Oh, I've I've seen that one too. Don't look at that list if that makes you depressed on Diggs
2: even, is number one, I think. Yeah, yeah did he's even come
3: Diggs here. Diggs is number one. There's a couple other guys who panned out, and there's a lot of
2: certified
1: trappers on
3: there. Isn't he? He's on there. Not the not the two
2: offensive linemen that came like in back-to-back years: Pierce, Damian Pierce, and uh, Damian Prince. And Damian Mike Prince, Jones. excuse Prince. me. Yes, and who was the other? they were back-to-back years. They had five-star Duncan, offensive right? linemen. No, nope. no it was a little before uh, that. It was, um, shoot, somebody it was a tackle. Yes. yes, somebody's going to remember who that was. I said Damian Pierce. That's the right oh god! I should, <laughs> I should remember that. I just had my fantasy football draft last night. so
3: Wesley Jefferson was another one, though. Linebacker. Yeah. I think he's was. he got to be top He was, number, he's
1: gotta be he top was a three. huge recruit.
3: Nope. And then last he, year. He, he was the one
1: year, who. Two or three years hurt. ago,
3: Terrence Lewis has got to be top. Yeah. He's, he's way up there, too.
2: Never even set foot on the field. And, All right. I'm I'm going. All right, it's Stefan Diggs is number one, Wesley Jefferson number two, Melvin Lazy, Terrence Lewis, Rakim Jarrett, Damian Prince, Vernon Davis, Trey Covington, Nick Cross, and number 10, Chop Robinson. (laughs) So a bunch of these guys ended up transferring. I told you 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 didn't want to look at it.
1: Yeah. So that's like. Two guys who literally never played a snap for Maryland. <laughs> One guy in Trey Covington who I think had Trey Sachs through four years of playing at Maryland. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Chop, who was here for a cup of coffee. Oh, God, this is terrible. Why do we do this? What are we even We're we even it's doing fun, with our lives right fun now? Fun trivia. We,
2: should,
1: we, we have an like addiction our, I got kids to
2: feed.
1: Yeah, I know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I need to reconsider my life choices, man. We, we have is, an addiction.
2: This is... this is our addiction, right? Some people are addicted to worse. alcohol, some people are addicted to drugs, some are addicted to gambling. Man, I'm addicted to... to food. I can't stop eating, but I'm also addicted <laughs> to this.
1: You need to end the show, dude. I need to go, I need to go like sit in a dark room by myself for a minute and just contemplate life yes that's bad that's bad bad bad
2: all right well thank you to everybody who joined us live had a smaller crowd tonight but thank you for joining and there were some more some more comments in there about jc jackson being healthy was one um some compliments on Tarheeb's shirt to bring it back full circle to the interview earlier but if you are still here please subscribe if you're listening on the podcast later do us a favor and, and log into YouTube and and hit that subscribe for us trying to build it up. And write a review.
1: Apparently that matters.
2: Reviews are just, good.
1: Yeah.
2: Comments are good. All of that stuff is good. So hit like and subscribe and, and all those things. Thank you very much. And what were the other things you wanted people to contribute? The Tar heaps thing and subscribe to I Am Inside Maryland Sports. And wh- what was the other stuff? Oh, Turtle NIL donate yeah. there, right?
1: like you, you got yourselves a checklist. Let's, oh, let's
2: just knock all that oh. Out. and the chat comes through with Derwin Gray. That is the other five-star mm, yeah. lineman I was trying to think of. And of they were course. back-to-back years, and they both weren't – Fine, high star players. They were right? fine. Yeah. No, yeah. Neither
3: neither one of them caught on in the NFL. Calvin um, Ashley, well, no, Der- Derwin Grace
1: too.
3: Derwin Grace, su- but he never made it.
2: No, remember Bruce those Campbell. those two or three days when everyone thought Calvin Ashley was transferring? That was very fun. He was also
1: like also not very good at football. So this this whole five star lineman thing doesn't always doesn't always work out.
2: Yeah. All right, guys. Good show. Good job in the trivia. We had a great guest, Tarheem. He's a very fun guy and a great Terp and a great player. And hopefully he's going to have a really good, healthy season. And then hopefully he's going to get drafted at the end of the year. We are going to be going every Wednesday night now, guys. So be ready for that next Wednesday. Look for it. Make it part of your regular Wednesday night routine. We're going to be coming back on Wednesdays. We'll let you know who the guests are, and we'll see you next week.